When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We're talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. If you run an e-commerce business, you can relate to the amount of work it takes to produce something great. And of course, you want to optimize your workflow and reduce costs. That's why I want to say a big thank you to our partner, ShipStation, and perhaps introduce you to them as well. If you are not familiar with ShipStation, they've been supporting Cytosol School for years. They have helped so many of our listeners make things much easier, automate their shipping tasks, help them scale their business, and also, this is not a small thing, save thousands on shipping with industry-leading carrier discounts. ShipStation is the innovative tool that helps turn your shipping challenges into opportunities for growth. Go to ShipStation.com and use code HUSTLE to sign up for your free 60-day trial. 60 days free. ShipStation.com. Code HUSTLE. Side Hustle School listeners, friends, community, welcome to something special. This is an extended episode, our 11th extended cut once a month, I do a longer episode focused on a specific topic. This topic usually comes from you, the listeners. I try to pay attention to what people ask me about uh, in emails and just all kinds of feedback that I get and also the side hustle tour that I've been doing all across North America and beyond. This extended cut is going to focus on lessons in podcasting. Like what have I actually learned doing 325 podcast episodes so far? If you're interested in podcasting, or you're thinking about doing it as a side hustle, or if you're just curious about how this world works, then this might be helpful to you. Now, just a quick little recap. We've had 10 extended episodes before this one. I'm not going to go through all of them. There's been one a month. Just to pull out a few highlights through these episodes, which are all free and archived, you can listen to them whenever you want. You can learn to build a website in 90 minutes. You can get a simple marketing plan. You can go behind the scenes of a million-dollar Etsy shop, learn about pricing your product or service, how to recover from a side hustle disaster, how to get a book deal all kinds of stuff. And the links to all of those are at sidehustleschool.com slash extended, E-X-T-E-N-D-E-D. And we're going to jump straight into today's episode, which includes those lessons from me, a couple stories. But also at the end, we're going to call up the hardworking Side Hustle School producer, AC Valdez in Washington, DC, to get some tips from him as well. I asked him to share his top three tips for new podcasters. So let's say a big thank you to this episode sponsor, which allows the whole thing to be free to you. Just love this model. We can have like one little sponsor message and all the content is free for everyone. And then we'll talk about podcasting. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right. So first of all, why podcasting? Well, I realize some people who are listening to this podcast are already completely sold on the world of podcasts, but just from the perspective of getting your message out and reaching people and cultivating a community or building a brand or selling a product or service or all three of those things, podcasting really is an incredible medium. And I say that as a new entrant to this world. Like I started this show January 1, 2017, 
I remember listening to my first podcast in the summer of 2006, when I was actually living in Ghana, West Africa. I would go for a run on the beach and listen to this podcast called The Accidental Creative by Todd Henry, which is still out now. How about that? Like more than 10 years later. So obviously, I was a late entrant here, but I also think I've gained a lot of experience because there's so many episodes of the show so far. Like we've done more than 300 episodes. I know I've still got a lot to learn, but what I do know is that podcasting truly can help you reach a lot of people you wouldn't otherwise reach. And that is true even if you've been blogging or Facebooking or YouTubing or doing something else for a while. It really is a unique medium that reaches different people. I'm doing this big side hustle book tour now. Last year, I did a different tour for my previous book. And even though last year's tour was good too, I can see a totally different energy. It's great to have new people combined with you know people who've been following for a while. It's just brought more life to everything I do. And also, I think it's a very intimate medium. Podcasting allows for this close connection between a host and a listener in a way that no other medium does. And if you haven't been blogging for a while, if you don't have a big social media profile, you're just like, okay, here, I'm beginning this journey. Well, why not start with a medium that continues to be on the rise? You don't have to jump into podcasting much later in your side hustle journey or your alternative work journey or whatever it is, like I did. You could just do it right now. So what is my number one tip? My number one tip is before beginning your podcast, prepare carefully and really think about what the purpose of your show is, who it's for, what your desired outcome is. Like if people are going to give you their attention, which is valuable, what are you going to do with it? And how are you going to make that investment of their time worthwhile? So in my case, I started Side Hustle School, you know, January 1, but last summer I started working on it. It was basically a five-month process of really thinking through, how am I going to do this? And how am I going to tell these stories? And what do I really hope to leave people with? And I had to learn a lot. I mean, I had to learn a lot about the mechanics of it. I had to think about the content and the flow, which I'll talk about in a moment. I really had to practice a lot because it didn't come naturally to me. But I knew there was this audience of people I wanted to reach. And that group of people was anyone who loved the idea of creating more than one source of income, like diversifying their income, creating more options for their life, but didn't resonate with this whole message of like, quit your job tomorrow and become an entrepreneur, which is so prevalent elsewhere. And a lot of people respond to that message, but a lot of people don't. So right from the beginning, I wanted to say, I'm making this show for people with jobs, people who are busy, people who don't want to take a lot of risk, but are willing to invest in themselves. They believe in self-improvement. They want more control and ownership over their life. They just need to know how to do it. They need to know it's possible. They need to know different ways. They need to know strategies, tools, tactics, resources, and I can give that to them. So for you, what is your mission if you're going to start a podcast and what are you going to do and how are you going to help those people? As part of that, it may be very helpful for you to identify your first, let's say nine to 12 episodes. If you're going to do like a weekly show, if you did 12 episodes, that would be three months worth of content. And if you can identify like a title, a couple sentences of description, maybe a one sentence outcome, then you still got a lot of work to do, but you have a roadmap. And I think that's really helpful. That can kind of guide you through the process of like, how do I do all the other stuff? You'll also want to record some draft episodes. I'll talk about the mechanics and audio production in a second, but you just want to kind of practice. You want to make like at least three or four episodes, just getting comfortable with how the process works. If you're doing an interview show, recruit your friends to be part of that process. It might seem a little bit awkward, but probably better to seem awkward with your friends than with a stranger if you start doing interviews later. And the only way to get better ultimately at this is to do it, right? So you can at least start with recording some draft episodes. I think I did about three of them for Sadistle School, but I did like four or five different versions of those three. So it was an iterative process where I would make one, I would listen back to it, and I would say, hmm, you know, I wasn't doing a great job with that. I needed more detail there. I was rambling too much there. I need to have more range in my voice, you know, at certain points. 
all that kind of stuff. And I got feedback from other people as well. And then last on the preparation, you might want to think about all the other stuff that relates to the podcast that you need to make. And don't get overwhelmed here, but like there's probably some other things. If you don't have a website already, you definitely want one because I think it's important to bring people back and forth. And that's why on the show, I'm always directing people to the show notes or to other resources on the site. So it's great if you can also have at least one other means of connecting with people. You may want to think about episode pages, you know, content or descriptions, maybe transcripts from each episode uh, or show notes as they're called. Number one thing is before you actually start your podcast, spend some time on the front end really thinking about it. I think that's going to make things much easier later on. All right, so let's talk about mechanics, audio production, content, and business stuff. And I'll begin with the easy part, at least for me. The mechanics of making a podcast are really not that complicated. You really need very little gear. Assuming you already have a computer, you could spend less than $500 and have a good microphone and everything else you need to get going. So on the show notes page, sidehustleschool.com slash extended, I'll include links to all the different equipment I use, which is just a few items. If you want to see the same microphone I use, it's called the Shure SM7B. It costs about $400. You also need a direct box, which connects your microphone to your computer, a couple of simple cables, and then either a tripod or some kind of boom stand uh, to mount the microphone to your desk. The direct box is about $80. Bucks. Uh, the cables and tripod, you know, $10, $20 each, not expensive. And there are also some decent microphones in the $100 range. Like definitely not as good as that one I mentioned, but still decent. I use the free software Audacity to record the episode. It has absolutely zero cost. My understanding is that if you're doing audio editing, there's some better paid tools available. But for recording, at least, this is fine. And it works for me because I don't do the audio editing. I'm just responsible for content. I pass the files on to my wonderful production team. We'll talk to AC at the end of this episode. And he works all the magic in terms of the editing, adding the music, doing the mix, all that stuff. Now, I do take all this equipment with me when I travel, which I was a little bit worried about when I started, like, how's that process going to work? And I learned to do a little setup in the different hotels I'm staying at as I travel. I will say having a consistent environment is probably better for that kind of recording. So I'm grateful to AC and everybody on the other side who makes this sound better. But if you're not like me and not in five different cities a week, and you're also not trying to make a podcast every day, then that's probably not going to be a problem for you. So let's talk about content. If you're going to make a podcast, what kind of show are you going to make? So there are several different ways to construct the flow of a podcast. And this show is essentially a monologue, which is probably the least common of the three main categories. The other two main categories are interviews or conversations. So it's two voices or three voices. The point is it's people going back and forth, usually answering questions or responding to the other person. And there's also a much more produced format like This American Life or Radio Lab or a bunch of other shows that you may have heard. A lot of those shows focus on news or current events or analysis, but some of them also focus on telling a single story, usually over the course of a number of episodes. So you might have heard of or listened to Serial or S-Town. Those are kind of journalistic accounts, essentially, like an investigation into something, and then it kind of plays out over time. There's also a few fiction series like this. I listened to one a while back called Life After, which was something like a six to 10 episode story that just kind of unfolded. Now, I'm assuming that most people who are listening to this aren't thinking of doing something like that simply because there's just so much more work and process involved. So let's assume that your podcast is an interview show, maybe you and one other person, maybe you talking to guests, or are you just trying to teach something? So one of those first two categories. I have a suggestion for you, like right from the beginning. And this is my suggestion to anybody who wants to start a podcast. Again, I'm not really an expert, but I do feel strongly that you should not make a catch-all generic kind of lifestyle show that's just about whatever. I really think you should be specific. 
interviews are great, but have some kind of clear structure around it. Do something different because there are so, so many tell me about your life shows. It's just been done over and over. And some of those shows that you may have heard of do this very well, but they've been doing it a long time. They're kind of established leaders in that space. So you might have listened to On Being or Good Life Project or The Art of Charm. Those shows are extremely well done. They're very popular and they deserve their success. And so if you think you can do that format better than them, then go for it. But if not, think about something different. There's so many different paths you could go down. Think about something interesting that's different than, you know, tell me about your life. By the way, also in this category are like entrepreneurial origin stories. Been done. Been done like a hundred times. My favorite books, you know, books that have influenced you. Same thing. Been done over and over. Now, by the way, I just remembered something. Speaking of The Art of Charm, which is hosted by Jordan Harbinger, I've been on his show a couple times. It's the show that requires the most intense preparation that I have ever seen. And I've been a guest on hundreds of podcasts. Like to go on Jordan's show, you have to complete this incredibly detailed like workflow questionnaire. When I first got it from his assistant or producer, I was like, oh my gosh, this is a lot of work. You know, like I have to give them five bullet points, topics, detailed stuff that I want to talk about on the show and why it's going to matter to their listeners. They also ask things like, what's something that you've never talked about in an interview before? They ask for three practical exercises to give to their audience and all kinds of other stuff. And I totally respect them for it because it makes the show much better. So there's no shortcut to that kind of hard work. But if there's anything that can kind of give you a boost in helping you stand out, it is to do something different. Change up the format somehow. Have guests on your show that are not as well known or haven't been on podcasts before, but yet still have an interesting message to share. Maybe teach something. Think about what you can teach and construct your podcast around that. What if you brought people in and taught them in real time so that you're showing one person, but the audience is learning through that process? There's probably some other ways to do it, but just, you know, first and foremost, try to be specific. And also, I think you should have an agenda. Your agenda is your mission, your purpose for the show. You're clear about that. You remind your audience of that. And your agenda should be something that not everyone relates to. Don't try to be all things to all people. Gretchen Rubin says, a strong voice repels as well as attracts. So in other words, if you're attracting some people and your voice, your message is resonating with some people, it probably means that other people aren't going to be attracted to it. They're not going to resonate with it. And that's okay. So content-wise, figure out what your mission is, decide on your format, think about how you're going to be specific and stand out, and don't be afraid to take a stand for something. I think that focusing on this kind of stuff is more important than thinking about the mechanics or the logistics or anything else, because you can always learn that other stuff as you go along, but your message is the most important. Okay, so what about business stuff? You know, how do podcasts make money? Podcasts make money in one of three different ways, or it could be more than one of the three ways. But the point is, there are three main categories of how podcasts make money. First one and most common is advertising and sponsorship. That's the model we use with Side Hustle School. The show is free for everyone to enjoy, and that's possible because advertisers want to reach our listeners. And so we have these brief messages in every episode, which are usually non intrusive. We try to work with companies that are a good match and providing valuable services. So in a lot of ways, it's a win-win for everyone because listeners get free content and the podcast is able to pay the bills. Now, the thing is to enter the world of advertising or sponsorship, you usually need to be part of a network, not always, but it does make things a lot easier. And you really need legit download numbers because that's how advertising is priced out. They look at how many download numbers you expect to have in each episode or by week or by month, whatever it is. And that's then reflected in the price of what the advertiser is paying. So when you're getting started, you might not be able to attract those big advertisers. There's still a couple options for you, though, because first of all, if you do want to pursue advertising and sponsorship, 
what you want to do is offer exclusive sponsorship for a time. So in other words, you're not pricing it out based on download numbers. You're saying to a potential sponsor, hey, if you'll sponsor the show, you'll be the exclusive sponsor for whoever is listening for you know X period of time or maybe forever. That's one option. The other option, which might be easier and more common, is to create products and services. So you use your podcast as a means of connecting with people, but there's also something that you sell online. Maybe you have a teaching course that's a much deeper, more intense version of what you're sharing through the podcast. Maybe you do coaching or consulting. Maybe you have something else that you're selling. And that, of course, you can do right from the beginning. Doesn't mean you're going to sell a ton if not a lot of people are listening. But the point is, there's no quota that you have to get to. You don't have to go through any third parties. You don't have to think about negotiating with companies or anything like that. So if your goal is to start a podcast, whether you want to pursue advertising or not, eventually, you might want to think about creating your own product or service regardless. And then the last category is donations, basically like crowdfunding, asking your audience to support the show. There are different ways to do that. Uh, One of the most common resources these days is Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, if I'm not mistaken. And that's an online platform, kind of like Kickstarter, but more focused on providing monthly support or otherwise ongoing support for people making creative projects. So another option. Now, I do want to make one personal observation about advertising. This is something I have really learned this year. I've never actually done any kind of advertising before. Like my blog is ad-free. When I travel, I don't do any kind of sponsored trips. I produce a major event every year and we have no corporate sponsors by design. And in each of those examples, it's not that I think advertising or sponsorship is bad. I just, I just didn't want to mess with it, basically. It just seemed much cleaner to not do that. But when it came to the podcasting world, I was like, okay, this is how it works. Well, it seems like it's non-intrusive. And here's the thing. I was expecting some resistance to it. Like I thought, oh, I'm going to get a bunch of complaints. True story. I'm recording this in November 2017. We started in January. More than 300 episodes so far. More than 10 million downloads so far. And guess how many complaints I've got? I think I've had two complaints from people. Two people have said, hey, I don't like the advertising. It's not that I thought everybody was going to hate it, but I was surprised at the near 100% acceptance of that as a model. So maybe that's a lesson for somebody else, because if you're thinking about going into this and you're like, well, I don't know about the advertising thing. Well, take it from me and my experience, as long as you do it intentionally and you make sure you're not going over the top, like I think it would be a mistake to have like four advertisers on a 10 minute episode. That would not be super great. But if you're providing, you know, 95% content and there's 5% advertising, well, no problem. I even have people who email and have said at the tour events, like, thank you for the sponsors. I got the free trial and it actually really helped me. I'm still using this thing with WordPress or ShipStation or Skillshare or one of the others. And so I'm like, great. That's something I was wrong about in my expectations. And I'm happy to be wrong about it because it means that most people are having a good experience. Okay. So I went on Twitter a little while ago and I asked if people had questions about the podcast process, whether about mine or just podcasting in general. I got about 15 to 20 questions in a pretty quick period of time. I'm going to narrow it down to five or six that I think are most reflective of what most people wanted to know. A lot of people ask, how much time does it take? Well, the thing to realize about Cytosol School is it is a little unique because we do the show seven days a week. And there's also a different story every day, as you know. The final product is pretty short, you know, less than 10 minutes long. But obviously, it takes a lot longer than 10 minutes to put everything together. So first of all, I'm not complaining. I'm totally happy to do it. Like I love, love, love working on the show. I would say on average, I spend about three hours a day on it. Uh, again, that's seven days a week. And those are just the things that are kind of you know direct work on the podcast specifically. There's lots of other extraneous work that's connected in some way. But I would say in general, I spend three hours a day working on it. In a little while, we're going to check in with AC, my producer. I asked him about how long it takes him to produce an episode. And I think he said between an hour and two hours on his side for an average side hustle school episode. Meanwhile, my assistant Whitney is also spending at least an hour or two on every episode. 
some of them a lot more because she does all the show notes pages. She's also coordinating all of our episodes, our schedule, our upcoming content that's coming out. So like I said, it's a fair amount of work, but fortunately, you don't have to do that. I would imagine that the vast majority of people listening to this who actually do want to have a podcast don't want to do it that way. And that's totally fine. I understand. I'm just compulsive. So if you're going to do a weekly show, for example, and you're going to have two guests on every show, once you kind of get your process going, that might take, I don't know, five to 10 hours total, start to finish. It might take less than that if you're efficient. It really is just going to depend on your work style and what you're actually trying to accomplish with the show. Several people ask if I batch record or like how far in advance do I record? So I do batch record a little bit, but not a lot. It's not like once a month I'm going into a studio and then I'm recording 30 episodes. I pretty much do record almost every day, at least four to five days a week. So there are a couple days that I'm doing, you know, two to three. But that also means I'm missing some days because of travel. So I recently went to Dubai. And when I went to Dubai, I had to fly, you know, 14 hours on Emirates there. The next day, I was completely booked up with an event I was speaking at. And then the day after that, I flew 14 hours back from Dubai to Seattle. And so that was a three-day period in which I wasn't able to record. So I have to kind of plan ahead for stuff like that. Several people ask, where do we find the stories for the show? And that's a great question. We could use your help with that. We're not actually going out and soliciting. People are sending to us. And if you go to the sidehustleschool.com site, look at the about page. On the bottom, it says, submit your side hustle story. Crazy thing happens. When you click that link, you can go to this page where you'll submit your side hustle story. And if we end up wanting to feature it on the show, uh, somebody's going to follow up with some questions to learn a little bit more about your story and what we can take from it that's useful to other people, like how we can use your story to help other folks while also bringing some exposure to you or to that person as well. So these days, the majority of our stories are coming from people who are referring people, which is great. And then last, somebody asked, is it getting old? Like, do I get tired of making, you know, hundreds of episodes now? Guess what? I can tell you honestly, not at all. It is not getting old. I'm actually more excited about going into year two. When I add some things that I intended to do this year, but just ran out of time, it is not getting old at all. It is not something that I'm like, oh, got to record the podcast today before I can do, you know, what really matters to me. No, it's something I look forward to. I try to think about how to make each story relevant in a small way. And of course, I know some of them are going to be better than others, but that's always the goal is, you know, forward motion, continuous improvement. And, you know, true story. I really like this. I'm really glad I started. If you've got other questions, let me know. I would love to be helpful if I can. At the end of the episode, I'll tell you where to send those questions. And I'll also mention that if you have a podcast of your own already, or if you start one at some point, I'd love for you to tell me about it so that I can pass some of those on to our whole community. In just a moment, you'll hear from AC Valdez, the executive producer of the show. I asked him for his top three tips for new podcasters. From his perspective of many years of doing audio editing and production, he has much more experience in this world than I do. And I think AC is actually on the line right now. But are you still there? Hey, Chris. Yeah, I'm here. So my top three tips for podcasting. This could be a much longer list. So the first tip is how to help people find your podcast. And there are a few different ways, but I really feel like there are two exceptionally effective ways to help people find podcasts. One is hearing your voice on someone else's podcast. If you are guesting in other places, if you're networking, if you're meeting other people who host or produce, and you say, hey, do you need a guest to talk about X subject that I happen to be an expert in? and the interests overlap between your podcast and theirs, go for it. Just ask. A lot of people really kind of need guests, and a lot of people really want to hear what you have to say. And then, you know, you get a bit of exposure for your own listeners, and everybody cross-pollinates. It's great, it's healthy, and it kind of helps facilitate a community of podcasting that you really want to be part of. Tip number two. Okay, start narrow and then broaden out. So what do I mean by that? A lot of people will podcast trying to cover everything, trying to be everything to everyone. 
you can't really count on that as a good strategy. So when I mean go narrow, can you start a podcast about sports that then has implications about, you know, law or social justice or the next great thing that you want to buy because you're into X sport, anything like that. That's the kind of narrow mind frame that you need to get into because you want to try to attract a subset of people who are interested in seeking out a specific thing. Tip number three, training yourself up with technical stuff. There are so many good resources out there. I'm going to give you two. One of them is Transom, T-R-A-N-S-O-M dot O-R-G. It has all sorts of resources as far as tools go, as far as story structure goes, as far as any other number of things you could think of that have to do with creating beautiful audio and creating good, compelling storytelling. The other resource that I'd recommend is checking out NPR's training website. If you just Google NPR training, it'll come up. There are all sorts of ideas and resources, and some of it gets very technical. You don't always need to worry about all of that. But if you have a question about how can I make myself sound cleaner, how can I make this phone line not sound quite as bad, how can I learn how to tell a story in three acts, NPR training offers a whole lot. So I would just recommend those as two really great places to start where there's already tons written and recorded for you to use and learn from. So that's my three tips. I hope that really helps if you're looking to get out there. Thanks, Chris. Awesome. Thanks so much again, AC. I really appreciate him jumping on. Who knows? Perhaps we'll hear more from him next year. That would be fun. Well, this extended episode is coming to a conclusion. As I said, thanks so much for being awesome. Thanks for listening. And I also said, if you have a podcast of your own, I would love to hear about it. We're going to do a little roundup in an upcoming episode. I'm going to tell our community about the podcast that other people in the community are making. So if you've got one, write me at podcast at sidehustleschool.com. Tell me the name of your show, who you make it for, and what you hope to accomplish with it. Once again, that's podcast at sidehustleschool.com. And of course, if you have any questions, you could send them there too. As I'm recording this, the day is coming to an end over here. Whatever time of day it is for you and your part of the world, I hope you are well. We have got so much more coming up in the days, weeks, and months to come. I hope you will continue to join me for it. This is Chris Gillibo for Side Hustle School.